Welcome everybody to another episode of Non-Fungible News. My name is Tricky Boom. Today we have uh, ExoWorlds with us and so we're going to dive into their project, see what they got going on. Uh, before we get started, if you wouldn't mind hitting the like, subscribe to the to the channel. We we try to bring you uh, updates and, and uh, we try to dive in, learn who our creators are behind the project. So without further ado we have uh lucas from exo worlds what's going on my friend how are you doing today hey boomer very good man nice to be here this is very exciting this is my first uh this is my first video interview i've done for exo worlds i'm i'm really happy to be here awesome well we're glad to have you so exo worlds it's blowing people's minds it is uh <laughs> i mean ten thousand unique planets with different different uh, traits, different features, different geographies, different moons, suns, build your oh, own yeah. civilization. I mean, you guys have a whole lot going on there. And a lot of people know it's been pushed back a week or two. Um, yep. Which, you know, in some cases has been detrimental to, to projects. And in some cases has been very helpful for projects because we all know that 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 little bit of extra uh can make all the difference so yeah on honestly for for me it's it's a decision of do we want to take the chance that something goes wrong on mint day you know and and i think that i think that the community is very supportive and and they know that it's a really big undertaking what we're doing so i think that for me, the safest bet was pushing it back. You know, we're trying to get this random mint really going. And, you know, from what my blockchain developers have told me, there isn't a truly random mint process on VeChain yet. All, all the random processes can still be undermined in a certain way. So we're trying to develop something that nobody can undermine. I, I even me with the code, I wouldn't be able to snipe any planets nor would anybody in the team. So it's taken a little while and they're still finishing up that, that, that code. But I thought to myself, man, I wouldn't, I, I don't, I don't want there to be any kind of chance for sniping. Um, certainly not on my team, but also on, on, you know, in the side of the public, somebody with some really cool tools, their developer, they look into the smart contract, they can see the whole order of things, they snipe their planets. So, you know, I wanted to have something ready, and uh, and yeah, I have heard that that delays have been very detrimental, but. You know, being transparent and just being working as hard as we can and trying to provide something of value, I think that it's we've been we've been very much supported. So I, I'm I'm very much hoping that that's going to be an asset to us and not not a liability. Well, you know, you guys have handled it really well. There's you've you've been on the on the Twitter recently and and seen, oh, yeah. you know, you've seen stuff flying around and oh, yeah. you're you're still i mean you're gung-ho you don't seem like you're getting down the team's still doing what they're doing and you know that's really good to see because you know yeah. a lot of people would let that uh really get to them and and would put a big damper on things oh man i'm i'm honestly when i came to this project i wanted to do i was really thinking just about doing an nft you know let's make some planets let's let's put it out there and then the more i thought about it you know i wanted to make something really worth what it was going for. And not only that, something that could really push our ecosystem. And so 
when I see, you know, when, and, and it's, it's all about believing in your product, you know, believing in the kind of growth that your product has, you know, the more growth potential that your product has, the more you can really stay steady and, and try and go for that vision. You know, I've got, I've got a long stretch of road ahead, you know, a couple of obstacles aren't going to be something that really weighs me down. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, you know, pass through them. I'm going to have to find my way around, but the vision is, is, is so there that it really helps me focus. And in the end of the day, I know that I'm going to bring a lot of value. I, I know that I'm going to make an ecosystem that not only is its own thing, but because the metaverse is so it's so expansive it, it brings everything in within the ecosystem that the value that i see for it not only for myself and my team but for other teams it's it's so huge i i don't see myself letting anything get away get in the way of that dream well that's huge that's good to know i mean you know we all know that the the community is huge in any nft project yeah. but the developers the the team itself i mean if they're not behind the scenes you know putting stuff out daily you know the team yeah. is not going to be able to support it so and i and i think people are seeing that you know through all this what's going on you know pushing the mint back and everything so that's yeah good. Oh. We, we we try we try to really keep up with our marketing efforts i mean you know it's it's something that i had to get other people on board because i'm such an idea guy i'm such a you know let's build this thing let's make it a reality and and let's make it as cool as we possibly can that i like working in the shadows and just like making this awesome thing and then releasing it when it needs to be released and so a lot of people came to me and say we were interested in your project and so i i, I gathered a team together and they kind of helped me say hey we need to post this we need to post that and so i'm like okay you guys take care of that and uh, then I can do my thing and build. So it's it's kind of like the thing where you're if you're if you're an artist and you're just so you're so focused on your 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 project, you know, marketing can kind of just totally escape you. So I've got a really great team for that. They kind of support me on that that whole you know endeavor. Yeah, that's awesome. That's huge. So let's dive a little deep into the project itself. I mean. Touched a little bit earlier about uh, the different planets and then, you know, so yeah. many, so many different pieces. So, I mean, what can we expect upon rollout of this baby? This thing's huge. Oh, it is, man. It is huge. You know, you know, my IPFS server has got 85 gigabytes of 5K resolution planets. It's like enormous. <laughs> We actually have to like downsize it in the my collection so it doesn't like load the page for like an entire two minutes. Um, but basically, we have we have about nine visual attributes. We have fourteen informational attributes. Um, so basically, we have five K resolution planets. Uh, they have a background. They have a nebula, which some some don't, some do. Um, and obviously the, the centerpiece is the planet. We've got eight different planet types. We've got rocky, we've got icy, we've got desert, we've got ocean, we've got Terran, we got tropical, we got volcanic, and we got uh, islands. 
So it is it is pretty pretty diverse the types of planets, and then with it, within each of those planet types, we have subtypes. So in total, there's about 122 subtypes of planets, and those are combinations of different colors, uh, slightly different terrain features, and, and such. Um, so you know, on mint day or on the whitelist mint. Uh, when people mint, they can expect a 5K resolution set of planets that have like super huge intricacies. And they also come with their own name. One of the things that's the hardest about this project actually is manually going over every name that we've created through a name generator. And it's like, I mean, sometimes you find some silly words, sometimes you find like a profanity. And so we're like, oh my gosh, like 10,000 names. Um, but yeah, we've done a pretty good job, I think, of refining things down and, and people get a chance to name their planets once they go through the civilization engine. Um, but we have that and we also have coordinates. So one of the coolest things is that we're actually going to create a simulation of the galaxy. So at some point you're going to be able to go in and see this almost like a node graph of all of the planets in the galaxy. So you'll be able to see who's your neighbor, um, you know, what kind of planet are they, what kind of species are they. So it'll be kind of like a, a collection overview, but in the galaxy view where you see little nodes and you'll be able to see informational attributes, you know, you know, all the little details about that planet. Um, so that's that's pretty neat. Um, and uh, and yeah, you get you get a, a certain species. So you have sentient life form on your planet, obviously, because you need it to grow into a you know interstellar civilization. Um, so you have different species types. You also have some surprise attributes there, like uh, hidden biospheres, uh, uh, intelligent microbiome. That's pretty cool. We have uh, planets that have Gaia's, so they have like worldwide intelligent uh, vegetation. So there's some cool things out there, some Easter eggs. I'm really excited for people to see it. That's that sort of thing. I mean. It personally speaking when i find that i meant something that comes with something extra that i didn't know about or nobody knew about i think that's that's a lot of fun that's really cool and i think that's gonna that's gonna pique people's interest too um oh yeah so about uh developing our civilizations because that's that's part Mm -hmm. of the the game and everything right is developing our own civilization so what exactly is that gonna look like because this you know, it, it, this is a lot for a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people about this project and everybody's yeah. like, man, that's awesome. But our minds just don't quite go there right now. Yeah, we're we're actually tying up our back end of the game to a visual front end right now. We hired a new Unreal developer to handle the front end. Uh, we have a really skilled developer doing the back end. We just connected like a... Uh, I think it's like 7,500 connections to different variables. Um, So basically we have different categories. You have population types, um, you know, stuff like farmers, um, you have general villagers, you have hunters, gatherers. um, Well, let's, let's actually start from the basic. You have different ages. So your civilization starts with a primitive age. And at this, like, it might take a, a week or 10 days, you go in and you choose a couple of attributes that you want to boost, whether that's creativity, intelligence, strength, uh, resourcefulness, things like that. You go in and you choose your daily boost and you watch your civilization just grow passively. Once it hits a certain stage, and you can also uh, boost population if you just really want to get to that next stage, 
if you really just want to multiply your harvesters by your population amount, uh, rather than potentially increasing their strength so they can harvest more with less populations. Um, anyways, you, you get to a certain population type and you reach the nomadic. The nomadic is where you really start to interact with a couple of elements of the game. So you get, you know, hunters, you get gatherers, food gatherers, you get um, tribesmen, you get a, a tribal leader. So you invest in a tribal leader and he'll like boost your population types. It's totally text-based. It's a menu interface. So you basically have a population category. It's an entire page where you get to click the certain population types that you want. If you want to transfer one, if you want, you know, you drag, you drag and drop. If you want to just make one from an allotted amount that you have, let's say you have, uh, let's say you have a population maximum of 50, depending on how many sheltering units you've made, right? You can order more villagers to be made. It's kind of like, I would say it would be a text-based version of Age of Empires or Sid Meier Civilization. And so you have your little icons, you have some things that you can interact with, and you basically assign population types to harvest resources. You can also assign them to assets that you build. Um, assets are like uh, fields for farmers or uh, fishing harbors for you know uh, food collection, for fish collections. Um, and so you assign people to assets or you have them harvest straight up. Uh, assets are basically improvements for harvesting. So to build assets, you need to develop technologies. To discover new resources, you need to develop technologies. So we basically have these little, these we have these super menu categories. You click on each one, population, resources, assets, technology. We have military, and then we also have consciousness, which I'll get to in later. But each one of these menu options comes down with a menu, with a sub-menu down here, and you get to choose, you know, what you're going to do with certain things. You also get to see how your resources are increasing. Let's say uh, in the increase in the resource menu, you have all your different resources and icons, and you'll have these like little numbers updating themselves every uh, 10, 15 seconds. We're still working that out if we really want to spam people with a lot of regeneration rates but in any case you, you basically it's it's almost like a dashboard and you get to interact with that dashboard and guide your civilization down the path that you want it to you want to be very you know militarily advanced you can totally you know invest completely in military but you might have a hard time you know funding the cal caloric requirements of of all of your of all of your you know um we have, let's see, we have um, we have scouts and then we have troops. So you can send scouts to figure out what's going on around. You can see if there is an enemy state. So we're gonna have in the in the ancient age, around the end of the ancient age, we're gonna have NPC states, nation states. And so if you if you have scouts, then you can actually send them out to go see what's going on. So, anyways, you have you have a very, very cool. Um, assortment of military personnel, especially as you go, you know, further and further into the ages, you know, you get to informational age and now you're talking about Navy, you're talking about Air Force, you're talking about, you know, a ground military. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you have to basically balance the needs of the civilization 
if you invest too much in one type, you might find out that in the long run, you'll hit a dead end somewhere and you might have either a plague or a famine or some kind of catastrophe. So we have a really cool, this really cool feature of catastrophes is um, it's tied to this concept of consciousness that we have. So one of my teammates is a, um, he's a former schoolmate. I went to uh, Johns Hopkins University. I studied applied math there. Um, he did neuroscience and right now he is developing a very cool psychometric model for human understanding. And so he came into this project and he basically added this whole consciousness dimension. And we have different, you know, attributes in consciousness like um, creativity, intelligence, um, prescience, pattern recognition, and basically how you develop your consciousness will allow you to, to reduce probabilistic catastrophes. So if you have a lot of wisdom, uh, which is another category, the chances are that you'll really butt heads and, and, and get a, uh, what do you call it? It's a, um, a nuclear holocaust is very low. You know, the chances that you actually will, will hit that button and go mad, as they say, and do mutually assured destruction is very low. So, you know, you have these kind of Easter egg uh, downfalls to civilization and the way that you play and invest in your consciousness trees, those are going to determine whether or not you have a lower chance for something or a higher chance for something. If your military is very high and you've got very low wisdom, chances are you're gonna hit that button and those nukes are gonna go flying everywhere and you might be set back to a dark age. So um, we're basically working with, um, we're basically working with dashboards for assets and for resources and then for technology, for military, for consciousness, we're working with skill trees basically. Wow. That was a mouthful, sorry. Wow, my mind is blown. <laughs> you guys, I mean, this isn't just a, an everyday group of guys that got together to build a project. I mean, you guys are are educated, you're intelligent, and clearly listening to that, I mean, you guys have have not spared anything, any resources to put this together. I mean, this is uh this is like I I picture myself playing this and just yeah. being glued to my computer for <laughs> 48 hours straight just just working on this and you know it's uh sounds pretty pretty amazing to me you know we just have to we have to map our concepts uh right you know it's like we get so we get so we get so drawn into building all these concepts that in the end what's the hardest is implementation that's, that's always the hardest. You know, you can always create in your mind something and then you have to implement it. So we've had a lot of different features that we've had to kind of cut down on because we have to say to ourselves, are we really going to be able to implement that? And, and so that's why I think the text icon-based interface is great. Um, you know, Michael Michael was a little bit tentative. Michael's my, my the, the consciousness um, mechanics designer. Um, and in, a, in a, it, I hopefully on Sunday, we'll have most of the pages out. We're still working on some of the blockchain integration stuff, but our, our team is fully doxxed and you can see everybody on the team and what they do. Um, you'll see Michael on there and he was, 
he basically told me, Lucas, you know, I want to build a game and I want people to learn about things. And I, I want people to basically see this game as a reflection of how things work. But, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to suck people into this game so that they're, you know, they're they're just, you know, you know, wasting like eight hours sucked into this game. I, I want them to mature, but I don't want them to, you know, to basically like lose themselves in our game. And I was like, okay, Michael, I don't know how I'm going to ensure that to you, but that sounds good. We can try and do something that's, you know, wholesome and, and that can help people learn. And, and he's all about that. Mike is all about, um, he's all about mature interactions and mature um, time investments where what you do can it can bring something to you in your real life so no matter what it is that you're doing even if you're having fun it's something that can show you some piece of truth or some aspect of knowledge that can go with you so I'm really lucky to have him and now it's just mapping on those really awesome features onto the civilization visual front end because the back end is like you can you can map the back end all you want but it's it's really making it's making every piece conducive to the to the gaming flow you know you, you have to find the right you have to find the right uh, visual mechanics for it to go through so that's that's basically what the stage we're on right now the game is going to release um at first, we thought we were going to do a release a week after the marketplace. It might take some time now. Um, we're, we're saying, you know, Q1 of this year, but I, I really want to release it um, in February. But we are just trying to make sure that, that we have something awesome and that there are no bugs. I don't want people to like have a billion, like <laughs> a billion uh, grain units and be able to trade that for like, I don't know, like way too much metal at some point in the future. So there's going to be people just like in any other game or NFT project, there's going to be people that just want to buy and hold and, and whatever. Yep. So in uh, listening to um, Mad Viking games, you know, they've said that undeveloped characters in their game are going to be highly sought after down the road because, you know, they're everybody's going to be building and building you guys see something like that with your project on un, un, undeveloped planets are going to be uh valuable to people down the road that's an interesting question i i think that there is an aspect of that i think so because when you ascend to phase two when you become an interstellar civilization you basically the choices that you make the industries that you've really um, that you've really invested in. And so that would be your skill trees, your technology trees, you know, things branch off in the botanical sciences, uh, chemical sciences, um, energy as well. So depending on, on where you choose to focus all your civilization points, you basically determine what your, um, what your galactic industry specialization is going to be. So if you have, if you basically have unlocked a lot of genetic technologies, then you can basically choose whether or not you want to be one type of biologicals. You know, it, maybe you're going to choose to be one of the things that we have is um, it's bioengineering in general, but then we have uh, genetic uh, cloning as uh, galactic industry. And so depending on the technologies you have, 
you get different choices of industry specializations at the galactic level. So if your planet is undeveloped, then you can basically, you can choose how you want to make that planet come into that interstellar platform. So there is that level. Um, I, I'm thinking that undeveloped planets they also, you also have a chance to hit Easter eggs because as players play and they hit some Easter eggs and some achievements, they will get some kind of a boost or they will get some kind of a, a, a credit or maybe even a phase two um, kind of a badge or, or, or some kind of attribute or, or benefit. And so if you're aware of those before you play the game, you might really hold all the cards in your hands. Uh-huh. Right on. I, I this Easter egg thing. I'm, I'm loving that. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a couple Easter eggs. I don't want to mention it, but it's you know if you if you get through if you get through um, a couple of ages without having you know certain catastrophes or without using certain questionable technologies, then you might be able to get an Easter egg and and things like that. So or or if you like you know, you're, you hit a certain, let's say you hit a certain threshold for the amount of times you're able to succeed in a, in a certain category of, of events, you might also get an Easter egg. So all we have to do now is, is really get those down and see what players will be rewarded with when they get Easter eggs. So will there be like an in-game token, a community token that you guys are going to implement for um, you know, upgrading and and purchasing things and, you know, to, to build your planet, to develop? Well, yes, I think that, so, so the civilization engine is not going to utilize any tokens, uh, but we are going to make a token, we have a token system. It's actually a dual token system. It's going to go into effect in phase two with the metaverse and metaverse assets. Um, we have virtual land, we have um, a lot of things in the works, but basically you'll be able to uh, get tokens via an airdrop. So everybody that gets to phase two um, or everybody, it gets, we're still getting the details down, but I'm thinking that we're going to release it upon your phase two ascension, your interstellar ascension into what we call the galactic Senate. Um, but basically we have a system where Whitelist hodlers are going to get rewarded the most. Um, public mint hodlers are going to get rewarded as well. And then a, a portion will also go to everyone else who also has a planet. So you could buy a planet the night before, the night that it launches, um, or the night before your cutoff. And then when it launches and we airdrop, everybody gets some EXO tokens. Um, so our to two token system are EXO and G creds, short for galaxy credits. So G creds, it's basically a governance token. Uh, you also have a kind of node structure, kind of like the VChain nodes, where the more exos you have, the more G creds that you earn in the play to earn system. Uh, so it's kind of like a multiplier effect, but that's, that's how it works. Um, you play the game and when you complete certain um, missions when you kill certain NPCs. Um, one of the coolest NPCs that we're going to do are Xenomorphs. So basically the humanoid galaxy versus the Xenomorph, you know, colonies and distributed populations across barren planets or, or even within your own planet. Um, 
but basically when you accomplish things in the game you get you get uh galaxy credits g credits so you can use g credits to uh buy skins um improve your weapons you can um basically get different uh stickers for your spaceships for your guns and things like that we're trying to limit um uh pay to play so we really want people you know to win by playing and gaining experience and, and things like that so we're making sure that even if you have a bunch of exos you've maxed out your multiplication uh your your multiplier for uh g creds whenever you earn certain experience points you get g creds um you're not just going to be able to just buy whatever you want you still need those experience points you need to be able to wield them so it's where I think that's the trickiest part is creating a token system within a game that also inhibits, you know, uh, pay to play, uh, play, pay to win. Sorry. So, so the two token system is really great. Um, we're basically going to do staking with EXOs. So, over uh, an eight-year period, uh, you're basically going to be able to stake your EXOs for a nine to a six percent uh, return. APY. So at first it's going to be nine and over the years it's going to go down all the way down to six. That's awesome. <clears throat> Exciting. Not and, and we're not paying to win. I mean, it's getting rewarded as you play. So we're getting yeah. close to the end here, but I got my next last question is, you know, in a lot of the spaces on VChain lately, um, I don't know what the exact number is. I think there's like 3,000 unique wallets for across the VNFT space, you know? And so, you know, it's not a huge community. We all know if yeah. we're in VChain, where it's going. So with your guys' you know, yeah. 10,000 planets, 10,000 NFTs, and the price of starting at 2,100 bet, do you mm -hmm. think that... that uh, we're gonna you guys are gonna mint out sell out or are you just gonna leave the mint open until it just keeps on keeps on going and going we are gonna leave the mint open i i'm i'm honestly very curious i'm very curious i think that as we release our site and people see the scope of the project it's gonna be a no-brainer i think that with the airdrop um we're we're making some calculations that i want to make posts about once once we've dropped um, but with the airdrop, you know, I think, uh, do you know what the price of MG, MVG is right now? The, the market cap, I think it's uh, in, in the, I'm not sure what it is. I think it might be in the one fifties. It's definitely over, over 120 million. I think. Um, and so we're projecting, you know, if, if we can attain that level of market cap, we're basically going to be airdropping uh, 25, I, I think it's 25, yeah, 25% of EXOs um, for all the HODLers. So anybody that's holding, anybody that's HODLed, they're going to get um, EXOs in the airdrop. So basically, if we're able to, if we're able to provide that value, show the community, and our coin reaches a $100 million valuation, let's say, uh, the token, um, then everybody that gets airdropped at an average um you know an average two thousand dollars worth of exos so i think that there's a lot of incentive for people to hold the planets um minting out for me i don't think i'm so worried about minting out because unlike unlike a lot of static nfts it's kind of like you know it's kind of like do or die if you don't mint out in the first couple of days people don't see where your project is going 
But in terms of a game, you know, as, as you create updates, as you provide value, more people want to go in, more people want to play, more people see, wow, this is a growing metaverse game. It is very undervalued for, you know, a $2,500 entry price because everybody gets exo tokens, everybody gets virtual land that gets an exoplanet once it releases. So I think it's a pretty cheap entry price. And if people are on the edge, they're saying, wow, should I mint, should I not? And we have a, a few thousand left. Well, week after week, I, I'm, I'm certainly gonna see that number go, you know, getting cut in half and half and half because, you know, pretty soon about in like two weeks, we're releasing some trailers for some actual, um, you know, uh, first person phase two, um, you know, like characters walking around, maybe even shooting some Xenomorph. So I think that when people see that value being put out there, it it changes, it changes the game in ways that some static NFTs can't without just, um, you know, increasing their marketing and, and engaging the community, which we definitely want to do. But I'm always the sort of guy that, you know, I, I, I love marketing, but I like to show my value. And, and I want, I like people, I like people to come and see and say, wow, that's great. Rather than having, you know, having be told that something is great. And so that's how I operate. And I, I'm definitely curious, but uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very positive curiosity. And I don't think Exo Worlds are going to be on the shelf for long. That's for sure. Well, I like that. I like that mindset. You know, I like the mentality because you're right. If it doesn't mint out fairly, fairly quickly, it's, you know doom and gloom or, or whatever but yeah I, I i see a lot of value in what in what you're offering and what you know you're saying about well i mean people are gonna see what we have to offer it's here it's here now you're probably yeah. right it's not gonna stay on the shelf for too long yeah and, and if and if they aren't convinced as the days go by they will be you know as trailers come out as as unreal engine you know screenshots come out you know people are really gonna fomo in so it's it's that whole it's that whole static versus dynamic nft if you have a dynamic nft project games you know they have life and 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 as long as the team is producing value they have the they have the chance for a new breath to be to be you know brought in so i'm very excited i also have a lot of people i think uh are going to try and be minting the max uh, amount of planets so our whitelist is pretty big we have like um we have like a thousand five hundred people in our whitelist and we're getting a lot of people from tier one and they're they're just 150 people in tier one but they're all telling us like hey we're gonna mint like seven planets can i also have a different wallet can i also have a different wallet for tier two and then can i also mint on the public i want to buy like 20 planets i'm like if you guys try and buy your max planets we'll have like three thousand during the public mint day and and that's gonna go by super quickly so I'm honestly hoping that there'll be still a good amount of planets left in the public mint so that everybody else that isn't in early can really uh, come in and, and participate. Um, but even if it does all get bought up by, by a lot of alpha members and whatnot, they're always gonna need to have people play on their planets. So if, you know, one of the functions we're doing is that if you're, if you got a nine to five job, if you bought 20 exoplanets, and you can't, you know, you'll be able to hardly really play two at a time. You can set up a proxy wallet. So, you know, Boomer, I got four planets, you know, Boomer, you want to play? I'm like super swamped with my three other planets. Uh, give me, give me your public address. I'm going to input it on my end and you'll be able to log in with your wallet and you'll be able to play my planet. So wow. that, that's a cool feature too. Well, right on. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that this is going to be awesome. I'm excited for you. I think I'm in the tier two 
uh, white. Nice. I'll be, uh, I'll be jumping in there. Um, but fantastic, man. That's all we got time for today. I appreciate it. And we're going to have to do this again sometime. We'll follow up, uh, after some more stuff rolls out. Definitely. Definitely. Looking forward to it, man. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time and have a, have a good day. You too. Thanks.